0: There's one thing that makes revival tides worth remembering and studying and examining. And that is the presence, the presence of God, the presence of Jesus that happens during revival times. There is a a, a, a manifest presence of God that happens during revivals And you you could say, if there isn't that, then it's not a revival. It's almost like that is what makes a revival a revival. So, the thing is that we've forgotten the revivals, and therefore we've forgotten, as Christians, that the presence of Christ has come many times. And so, this is a dimension of... Our history that has been lost, and that I'm trying to recover by writing "Glory Through Time." Okay, the the book that I'm, the two books that I'm writing uh, at the present time, um, and uh, so let me give you an example from the Scripture of the kind of thing that I'm talking about that that we can read in the in the Bible, but then when we don't. remember all the other times that this has happened, um, we have a tendency to think that, well, that's just a Bible story. Uh, That's not reality, in other words. So here's an example from the scriptures of the presence of God. Um, It's the dedication of the Temple of Solomon. And this is the way it reads. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's what we're talking about, the glory of the Lord filling something. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. So what you can say is that when people discover the glory of the Lord and his presence is manifested, suddenly you're aware of who God is and what he's like so these are important times i mean you would think that christians would remember these times and yet we don't we don't uh keep track of them we don't uh remember what happens during them or what did happen historically during them and uh let me give you an example of of a more modern time this is ha- this happened in 1970 when the presence of god came down to Asbury, Kentucky, all right? On February 3, and this is in my preface of my book that I'm writing, so it's number one example because it happened in many of our lifetimes. So this is not something that happened long ago. It's a, it's an example of the presence. You see what I'm saying? It's an example that God does become present in a manifest way from time to time all right on february 3 1970 god showed up unexpectedly at asbury college a christian school south of lexington kentucky students and faculty had assembled for a mandatory chapel service in hughes auditorium what was intended to be a 50-minute service ended up lasting 185 hours nonstop. The presence of Jesus was so powerful that no one wanted to leave the service. They were afraid they might miss something important. Dennis Kinlaw, then president of the school, had showed up late, returning from a trip. At first skeptical, then frightened because he knew he would be held responsible for whatever might happen. Kinlaw was soon melted by the presence of God. When a newspaper reporter asked for comment, he explained it this way, Well, you may not understand this, but the only way I know how to account for this is that last Tuesday morning, about 20 of 11, the Lord Jesus walked into Hugh's Auditorium, and he's been there ever since, and you've got the whole community paying tribute to his presence. All right, so there's an example of the presence. Everybody knows when it's happening. Uh, people are attracted to that presence. It's real. It's powerful. It's life transforming. So 500 years ago, God began to establish a pattern that we call revival tides. In the revival tides, the presence is what happens. That's the main thing that happens. It's what makes these seasons worth remembering and worth studying. So in 1638, there was a third revival tide in Scotland. And um, it was the revival tide that caused there to be a national covenant, and the people who signed it became known as covenanters because they made a personal Commitment to Jesus, who had appeared amongst them. So, here's what happened: that two men, Archibald Johnston and Alexander Henderson, uh, got together. They felt like the Lord was saying to them that we, the, the Christians of Scotland, needed to, to to renew the covenant that they had made with Jesus during the the Scottish Reformation. So they they got a great big piece of parchment, they wrote out this covenant, and they went to Edinburgh to Greyfriars Church. Let me just read to you what I've written here uh, to describe this. Um, Much of this is... Uh, eyewitness, okay, so this is, some of this is from people who were there, okay, the two scholars, these are Henderson and Johnston, wrote down their covenant renewal pledge on a huge piece of parchment and announced a meeting to take place on February 28, 1638 at the Greyfriars Church near St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. When they showed up at the place, they were not prepared for what greeted them. 60,000 people had already arrived to make covenant with God. One thing I've discovered in my studies, God has an extraordinary way of attracting crowds. Um, You know, when people are sensing that God wants to meet them in a place, thousands and thousands and thousands of people sometimes come to that place because they're expectant. They, they're, they know that God is going to do something there, and they come. Uh, there's nothing like the presence of God to attract a crowd. Okay, After reading the covenant, prayers and speech, speeches, the covenant renewal document was signed by many leading nobles and barons. Then it was taken out to the crowd of townspeople, spread out on a flat gravestone, and signed by as many people as could fit their names. Okay, this is a quote now from my friend Tom Lenny, who is the, he's the, um, I would say, the revival historian of Scotland of today. Um, so I I know Tom, and I've, his book has been really important for me. Um Scotland, land of many revivals. So this is from that book. As they came forward, some wept aloud, some burst into shouts of exaltation, some, after their names, added the words, till death, and some, opening a vein, subscribed with their warm blood. As the parchment became filled, they wrote their names in a contracted form, limiting them at last to their initials until not a spot remained on which another letter could be inscribed. And then the next part is from Thomas McCree, who's the main uh, historian of the Scottish Reformation. Zeal in the cause of Christ and courage for the liberties of Scotland warmed every breast. Joy was mingled with the expressions of some, and the voice of shouting rose from a few but by far the greater portion were deeply impressed with very different feelings. Most of them of all sorts wept bitterly for their defection from the Lord. And in testimony of his sincerity, everyone confirmed his subscription by a solemn oath. With groans and tears streaming down their faces, they all lifted up their right hands at once. When this awful appeal was made to the searcher of hearts as the day of judgment, so great was the fear of again breaking this covenant that thousands of arms, which had never trembled even when drawing the sword on the eve of battle, were now loosed at every joint. After the oath had been administered, the people were powerfully enjoined to begin their personal reformation. At the conclusion, everybody seemed to feel that a great measure of the divine presence had accompanied the solemnities of the day, and with their hearts much comforted and strengthened for every duty, the enormous crowd retired by nine at night. That was only the beginning, because what happened after that... uh, there were copies of this covenant made and they were distributed all over Scotland. And so here's uh, the experience of Archibald Johnson, who was one of the co-authors of the covenant, and he went to church um, a, a week or two later um, at Currie near Edinburgh. The pastor was John chartre Shart, and he... Uh, was leading his church then just a local church in the Edinburgh area and they and it came time in the in the service for the church to renew the covenant so this is the description of that and and this was happening all over Scotland now in the twinkling of an eye there fell such an extraordinary influence of god's spirit upon the whole congregation melting their frozen hearts, watering their dry cheeks, changing their very countenances, as it was a wonder to see so visible, sensible, momentous a change upon all, man and woman, lass and lad, pastor and people, so that Mr. John, being suffocated almost with his own tears and astonished at the motion of the whole people, sat down in the pulpit in amazement, but presently rose again when he saw all the people falling down on their knees to mourn and pray. And he and they for a quarter of an hour prayed sensibly with many sobs, tears, promises, vows to be thankful and fruitful in time coming. Can you sense the presence of Christ? Going back to Scotland after a season and renewing a covenant personally, There's more happening here, in other words, than people becoming Calvinists. There's more happening than people just uh, adopting a certain uh, form of government, a polity of church uh, called Presbyterianism. This is a renewal of the covenant they had heart to heart, deep calling to deep, Um, the Jesus coming to Scotland to start something that was going to change the world, revival tides. They knew that they had been chosen for some hard-to-understand purpose. They couldn't, I'm sure, define what that was. But what we know now that we look back on it this was the first season or se- uh, series of Revival Tides, and those Revival Tides are going to spread out to America, and they're going to end up in China, and today we have the Back to Jerusalem movement. So I'm excited to be writing about this. Uh, my book is about to come out in, at the end of the year, I think, published by TBN, and I hope that you will invest in it and uh, receive the treasures of the presence that God has been manifesting time and time and time again throughout our history.